Inside Outside Innovation is the podcast that brings you the best and the brightest in the world of startups and innovation. I'm your host, Brian Ardinger, founder of InsideOutside.io, a provider of research, events, and consulting services that help innovators and entrepreneurs build better products, launch new ideas, and compete in a world of change and disruption. Each week, we'll give you a front row seat to the latest thinking, tools, tactics, and trends in collaborative innovation. Let's get started. Welcome to another episode of Inside Outside Innovation. I am your host, Brian Ardinger, and with me is an amazing guy who we've had a number of different podcast episodes together. I want to reintroduce you to Paul Jarrett of Bulu. Welcome, Paul. How are you doing, man? It's been great. For listeners who have, are new to the show, they might not know that for a year you and I sat across was it, from was each it other. A year? Yeah, we did about 50 episodes. How did episodes. you deal with me for one year? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, me neither. I don't know how I do it myself. Our first foray into podcasting was Inside Outside, and it was an inside look at startups outside the valley. You and Matt Boyd? Yeah, we spent about 50 episodes talking to founders across the places outside tech centers. So uh, basically what you're saying is the best episodes are the first 50. Exactly. Because then I pivoted. (laughs) You figured out what was broken. (laughs) That's great. Then we uh, launched the second podcast, Inside Outside Innovation, focused more on the corporate side of things, and now we're bringing them back together this focused space of collaborative innovation. How can startups and corporates learn from each other and learn to compete in this world of disruption? I wanted to have you back on the show, not only because you're a great guest and a great friend of mine, but you have done a lot in the last couple of years too with your company and that. So I guess to bring the audience up to speed, tell people about Bulu and and where you were and where you are now. Well, first of all, thanks for everything. I appreciate seeing you. This is awesome. Man, you don't get enough credit for you know, not only what you do with this podcast, but everything in the community. And my barber was actually talking my ear off this morning about in motion and demo days. And I was like, yes, I know. So, uh, yeah. So thanks for everything. You know, since the last time that kind of I was yakking away on this podcast, we've made a massive pivot. And what we simply say now is Bulu. We don't even go by Bulu Box anymore. Bulu creates private label subscription box programs for large companies. So Bulu Box is now a product of Bulu. And we also work with companies like Disney, GNC, Lululemon, Crayola. And we create subscription box programs for them. We can do a piece of it or we can do the entire thing. And it's been a very, very good pivot. Definitely not what I anticipated, but overall it's been phenomenal. One of the reasons I wanted to bring you on the show is to talk a little bit about some of the new trends that you're seeing. And, you know, we see innovation in business models all over the place. And right. one of the key areas that I see is this focus on marketing and how yeah. can people in this changing world with Facebook and Twitter and all these kind of things that may or may not be working now, how are brands and companies trying to get in front of folks? And you seem to have tapped in some of these new trends, specifically around the subscription box space. Yeah. It moves lightning fast, huh? Like, <laughs> it does. Like, it does. Like just how to stay in front of customers, what to do. We kind of jokingly, but seriously say, uh, subscription boxes are a fancy direct mail piece, yeah. right? And for those of your listeners that don't know, subscription boxes, you pay a fee and every month or every quarter, every year, you get a box filled with anything from vitamins or supplements all the way to Disney princess dresses <laughs> and everything in between. So it's your dollar shave clubs, your blue aprons, etc. And, you know, one thing that comes with that box is a physical delivery, right? It's kind of, you can almost view it as like a catalog opportunity or a direct mail opportunity. And It's funny because actually just yesterday, a company that I really looked up to, a large food company, we were talking on the phone. It was pretty top level discussion, right? And out of nowhere, the person on the phone says, 
you know, as long as we can drive the almighty CAC down, right? The customer <laughs> acquisition costs down. And I was like, well, tell me more about that. And they had found that through kind of like a micro audience of subscription boxes that it converts incredibly well if they put inserts or mm. if they do exchanges or, or whatever. So my insider, the key takeaway for me was even these multi-billion dollar companies are segmenting down into like hyper-focused audiences and they're willing to do exchanges of we'll do this for you, you do this for me, which just shows you how much people are kind of like chasing their tail with like yeah. digital advertising. And this concept of collaboration, it's, it's more than just the brand can you know, dictate what they want to say and, and how they want to say it to a customer. They've got to look for different ways to collaborate in the marketplace to have those conversations. Yep. You know, whether it's through a box or an influencer or it just feels like a lot of companies, especially the bigger, older retail giants are just now kind of starting to come around to this ideal. I, I hate to say of like wheel and deal or horse trading, but right. it's like anything's on the table. Right. And a long time ago, it was just the main couple of media channels, the TV, newspaper, et cetera. And then it segmented down and it feels like for a while, everybody had their rates kind of locked in, right? Here's the price. It just seems like recently it's kind of like the wild west out there. Mm -hmm. And there's a company that we're personality, I should say, that we're working with right now and they're entertaining equity in the company. Even our business model that we're doing with companies, the negotiations in the deal, a key driver is customer acquisition cost, who has that platform. So that's interesting when not only is it kind of the legalese built in, but like the marketing payments and everything are built in. So it just shows you what an important driver is. And if you're listening to this and you're thinking like, man, is Google AdWords working or is Facebook, yeah. you know, it worked and then it didn't work. Like, welcome to the club because yeah. everybody's, you know, it'll work for a while and then it won't work and everybody's changing their algorithms and everything else. So yeah, it's, it's kind of the wild west right now is the general feedback that what we see, we help start the subscription box trade association. All right. So like we're collecting aggregate data throughout all the boxes and we're seeing the same thing there and then even when we're working with these large multi-billion dollar brands it's like the same story across the board it also seems to be like the trend is moving back towards everybody's went digital and it's harder to have that authentic experience in the digital world and yes. on a screen yep. and so the idea of a box or something physical that a person interacts with seems to be a game changer or at least a different way to differentiate some yeah. depending on who, what brand you are and, and what you're trying to do we put a lot more weight on in-store advertising at the counter or posters than we actually do like social media, right? So it's like we can give you 12 million views on Twitter or we can get you in like 200 retail stores, a poster or a poster in the store. Yeah. And people are almost you know, <laughs> surprised when they hear that, but it converts way better. So yeah, we're, we're very interested in like the physical space. The other thing I want to talk about, so you've gone, when we were doing the original podcast, I think you had maybe 20 or 30 people, and now I don't know what you are at, but I know that you've moved across the street to another place here in the Haymarket. Yeah. We're in the same building, and I know I walk by you every day, and I see more and more people walking by me every day. Talk a little bit about the, your growth and, and how uh, Bulu's grown. Yeah. When we pivoted and we actually sold the software called Bulu Marketplace, and then we decided to focus in on building boxes for other folks. And since we've done that, we've over doubled every year in revenue, profitability, et cetera. So we're now on paper, we say the full-time equivalent of 250 people. Wow. And we say full-time equivalent because we have a warehouse and a lot mm -hmm. of people that they might be seasonal for like, right. you know, Cyber Monday or whatever. And we need a lot of people to pack. 
we are managing revenue of over 50 million now. So wow. that's wild. Congrats. Yeah, thank you. Um, I try not to stop and think about it. Um, <laughs> Everybody's like, what's the secret? I say, I'm doing way less. <laughs> I'm getting smarter people and getting out of the way. And so, yeah, things are good. You know, I'll tell you what, though, like after six, seven years, that relentless terror is like still yeah. there, right? So even to stop and pause and think about it and talk about the numbers, we just got done with our annual planning for next year. So everything is fresh in my mind. You know, then this weird new fear of like, don't stop, don't look back, right. don't pat yourself on the back. But yeah, I mean, overall things are fantastic. And when your biggest challenge is how do we hire more talented people in certain seats and you're truly focused on finding the right person for the right position, I tell my buddies now, like, that's how you know you're scaling is when you don't wonder anymore, are we scaling? It's the questions <laughs> in your right. head turn into like, how do we find the right people? Oh no, do we need more warehouse space? So yeah, yeah. So things are good. That old adage of, you know, product market fit when you hit it because you have to do things differently. Yeah. Right. Gotta exactly. make the product now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the other thing I want to talk about, obviously as a startup and growing into the business, and now you're working with a lot of major brands and that. And so a lot of our audience are corporate innovators, again, looking for new trends and new ways to and tactics to deploy, but they're also looking at startups as a way to make that happen. So I thought it'd be a good conversation to have about from the startup side. What are some of the things that you're seeing from the corporate side that are making it easier to partner or not easy to partner right. and help give some clarity for both sides of the table on uh, how corporates and startups can collaborate more effectively? Yeah. So I, I'm very surprised. I'm very opinionated on this. <laughs> and I feel like on a deep level, because not only you know, were we working with large multi-billion dollar companies now, but even when we're sampling products, I feel like the last seven years and then previous to that working in the ad agency world. Yeah. I've always had to deal with large <laughs> brands, right? And I'll tell you, if I can break it down to the thing, the key things that I think are most important, it would be number one on both sides of the coin, who is the person managing the quote unquote project? Mm -hmm. And it has to be not only people that get stuff done. I don't know if I can curse on this version. <laughs> it has to be people that get stuff done. And it has to be people, we call them champions. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like these people that work, they kind of like transcend the business, right? So who at Bulu kind of transcends our business and we know will go above and beyond to get things done? Who on the corporate side is the same way? And then I think there's this magic piece that a lot of people yeah. miss and it is do those people actually get along? Do they communicate? They don't have to be best friends. They don't have to like go out and, you know, have a drink together or whatever, but they have to kind of like fit mm -hmm. to a certain percent. Here's how much weight that we place on it. If we find a 10, 20, $30 billion company and we don't believe that the person on the other side is a champion and can kind of like transcend mm -hmm. their own company, which means like get things done, work through the BS, right? Yeah. We'll walk away from that deal all day, every day. We do not waste time on it. So I think that's the number one thing. Is so, so give me an example of, of how that's worked pretty well. Recently with a client for two years, we struggled. And it is, if I, if I said the name of the company, everybody would know who it is. <laughs> we struggled for, a for literally two years trying to get this project off the ground. And we are totally sunk costs all of our time into it because that's kind of the way that our sales strategy and business model works. And it came down to 
we couldn't settle on a URL. Oh, wow. Crazy, right? Yeah. Out of a bit of a frustration, I just hopped on a plane and was like, I'm just going to walk into the offices. I don't care, right? Which I wasn't going to just walk in. I had to, you know, call and get clearance <laughs> and all that stuff. And into the room, when I did have a meeting with the team, they brought in somebody new and they said, you know, they explained really on a detailed level why things were happening the way that they were. And as an entrepreneur, especially with some corporate experience, what I heard was this thing's really complicated and mucky. It, it takes a lot of time. The way that I hear it was, man, we just don't know how important you are. And I'm putting my neck out on the line for yeah. this project. There was somebody in the room that was a former and probably considers themselves a current entrepreneur. And they were like, I want this project. I get it. Like, mm. you know, I know how it's going to roll. Da, 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 da. And just immediately I could speak like entrepreneur to that yeah. person. Right? Well, I think that's so important. A lot of corporations, they don't have the people on the inside that have been walked in the shoes. They don't get it, man. An entrepreneur. Yeah. And that is so important because the speed and the pace are different. And obviously, and the stakes are different. Like, yes, it's very important as a corporate innovator and you're working with a startup, your job could be on the line, but it's just your job. Where on the entrepreneur side, a lot of times it's not only their job, but it's the people they hire and everything around it. And it's mm -hmm. the stakes and the timing and the speed are different yep. than at the corporate environment. Yep. And if, you know, on a corporate level, if somebody hasn't worked with a startup, a lot of times they're just going to like muscle them and try to like get yeah. a better price or like whatever. And what they don't realize is like they're hurting themselves because they're stifling that investment and growth. Congratulations, jerk. Like you got a better deal, <laughs> but at what cost? And yeah. then then do you apply the pressure to the startup of like, well, you need to grow with us and scale with us. And you're like, well, you're taking all my margin, right? right. But this person was really great. And, you know, we had a conversation about like our core value of like the five-way win, making sure all parties mm -hmm. are winners. And then, you know, even on the way out, the person stopped me in the parking lot and was just like, look. I know I've been in your shoes. I understand this. And I said, hey, if you were in my shoes, like, what would you do? Like yeah. with this deal on the table. And the person said, I would take it because it's not just this project. Like we can copy and paste this project throughout right. multiple brands. And I would put my very best person on it that frankly, like we would get along. And I'm like, that's exactly what I was thinking. And that is a conversation that you just don't usually have. She was thinking about us after the meeting had adjourned and I was walking out to my car and it kind of like hit the person of like, I need to have a conversation with that yeah. person. And it's been a fantastic relationship ever since. Right. And on the flip, you know, we were working with somebody on a massive project and, you know, we figured out we could boost, I think it was like in two or three years, we could boost their revenue, like $250 million. Mm -hmm. But at the way that the model was built out, it would bring their average margin down like 1% and they'd all lose a bonus. Yeah. And that's and, a big deal for them. <laughs> and they just weren't having it. And yeah. it was like, no, but you could probably <laughs> talk to your boss. You could probably talk to the CFO and say, hey, we're going to bring this down 1%, but we're going to make us 250 in, yeah. in a monthly recurring revenue. And a lot of times, you know, non-entrepreneurs just kind of like, don't think that's an opportunity to go get a special pass from the CFO on yeah. something, right? So yeah, we walk away from those. And that's not every single person. So you mentioned you've been able to figure out sometimes when to walk away or when not to walk away. Are there yeah. particular signals or things that are kind of game changers and you say early on, hey, this is something that's not, we know that's not going to work or the particular 
things that entrepreneurs should look for yeah. when they're making these connections. I would say case. if there's an unhealthy focus on them driving the price down, okay, that's a really good indicator. I mean, you need to negotiate the price, but if there's just like a, can we get it cheaper mentality, that's yeah. dangerous. I would say when that person starts saying things like we or us, or they kind of take the product and say, oh, you know what we should do with this? Yeah it kind of gives you an insight into their like team mentality. Right. Mm -hmm. And I always break it down to like the simple analogy of like, I want a player on the team. I want to put my arm around that person on the field, on the court, whatever it is. Yeah. I don't need, and we don't want a coach yelling from the sidelines. Right. And so when we start to feel that sense of this person is on our team, that's a really good indicator that it's going to be a good relationship. If it is somebody that's driving down and cracking the whip and saying, run 20 more ladders, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Like that's usually a pretty bad indicator. Yeah. And it's just true. Like most relationships, if it's a rocky start, it's going to get worse. And if it's great, it'll probably end up being a pretty solid relationship. So early on as a startup, trying to get in front of these bigger brands and that, yeah. uh, what are some hints or tips or ways that you found effective of making that happen? Yeah. Pick up the phone. It's crazy. <laughs> it's like this lost art. Call Tom every Monday at 8 a.m. for two years. Yep. You'll get through. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would definitely say social media, friending, following. You know, I, I kind of view this thing as like if I find a target or if actually like uh, somebody on my team now finds a target and we do an email, follow them on Twitter, put them on a Twitter list follow them on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, basically find them all over. Their inbox is going to have a slew of like, and I'm talking like right in a row. Right, right. Their inbox is probably going to have anywhere th from three to 15 emails that like, Paul Jared this, Paul Jared this, and you know. Yeah, and you're looking you're, to get, get in front of a specific person, not <clears throat> the brand. Exactly, yep. yeah. Innovation, I think, is another thing that we miss. Like that person should have the word innovation or something. Mm -hmm. You know, so many times marketing's good, other things are good, but... It's surprising to me how much in the last couple of years companies have quote unquote innovation mm -hmm. and just, you know, hitting their inbox, not just to like, hey, let me tell you about the next best thing to slice bread versus a Twitter follower and having their email inbox slammed with that. And then it says, you know, Paul Jarrett creates subscription boxes. And really all you're trying to do is for them when they think or somebody questions a subscription box, go, wait, wait, I know this yeah, I jerk that yeah. keeps, <laughs> he's following me everywhere, right? And that, you know, usually doesn't result in the direct target, interestingly enough. Hmm. It results in one of their kind of peers that was asking about a box and they're like, you know, I had a guy that just like followed me everywhere. Yeah. Let me see if I can find out who it is. So that's been kind of a bit of a hack that's been really successful for us. But that is like, you know, you load up the pipeline and it happens six to nine months later. Yeah, it's a process for yep. sure. Unfortunately, we're out of time. We'll have to get you back on probably more regularly uh, to talk. Uh, Whenever, man. Talk stuff like this. Yeah. For those of you who don't know how to find Paul or Bulu, what's the best way to kind of connect with you? You just go to pauljarrett.com, P-A-U-L-J-A-R-R-E-T-T, -T, or just tweet me at Paul Jarrett. But yeah, I'm pretty, I'm not hard to find. <laughs> that is true. I appreciate you coming on the show. Looking forward to uh, continuing the growth that we see here in the Midwest. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate you. That's it for another episode of Inside Outside Innovation. If you want to learn more about our team, our content, our services, check out insideoutside.io or follow us on Twitter at the IO Podcast or at Ardinger. 
Until next time, go out and innovate.